morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We've got Gonzo, also known as Super G, joining us on this beautiful Monday. Jackie, the crypto juggernaut, and Johnny Crypto is live behind the scenes, so give him a few minutes and he'll be joining the show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Apple is allowing apps to launch Ethereum NFTs, but not without taking a hefty cut. As this industry becomes increasingly centralized, our group debates if this is necessary for the NFT market to explode. With the XRP price chart looking more bullish than ever, several positive news articles emerged around this cryptocurrency. From an Australian central bank digital currency connection, Singapore allowing sales of XRP, and Brad Garlinghouse calling out the SEC, better days are on the horizon for XRP. VeChain has partnered with TrueTrace, bringing blockchain technology to the pharmaceutical industry. As Cardano may have a breakthrough announcement just around the corner, we connect the dots to one of the world's largest automotive dealers. Walmart is moving into the metaverse as another global corporation is bullish on crypto. With 2023 only three months away, we break down how this year will be one for the financial history books. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Gonzo, we already have 109 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button, Warrior Maniacs. We're going to deep dive so much news on XRP, and I'm sure that's why you're here. But before we do that, we got Gonzo joining us on this Monday. So Gonzo, how you feeling? And thank you for making time for us, man. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, man, it was, it was a good weekend, but I think I might be getting sick. I might be losing my voice. So a uh, little bit low energy, but I, I love being here with you guys. So I know you guys are going to carry me through the show, but... Um, yeah, uh, you know, I didn't do much. I spent some time with family and then just kind of worked on my charts. And, uh, you know, I'm not a day trader, but um, I like to kind of um, study kind of pattern, um, like pattern recognition, um, just to see where we are in the market and the trends and where we're going. So, yeah, it was a good weekend. I have no complaints, man. Very cool. And I want to shout out to our listeners. We know what today is, Johnny K. Happy Shemitah, my friend. Welcome to September 26, 2022. How are you feeling this morning, Johnny K? And thanks for being here. Well, first of all, good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there today. Hopefully, everybody's doing well. As you can tell, uh, the makeup room did not do a good job. They didn't shave me yet. And I don't know what the hell is going on back there. So, sorry. I apologize for being late. But hopefully, everybody had a happy Shemitah weekend. Gonzo, sending you love and, and high vibrations, healing vibrations. I hope you feel better. My camera obviously needs some help because it ain't doing good either. Jackie, great to see you. And, uh, well, I can't wait to get started. We have a shit ton of XRP news today. It's going to be exciting, boys. Thank you, Johnny Crypto. Love the roses behind you. And do me a favor and mute those notifications, my friend. But we got Jackie in the building this morning. Jackie, Johnny couldn't get into the makeup room because you were hogging the chair this morning. But you look amazing. So thanks for being here. How are you feeling? Man, I wish I had makeup on. I just got back from the gym. <laughs> no, I feel great. Um, it's funny behind the scenes. You know, like, I, th I think... I think half the team's kind of feeling a little down and then the other half's kind of up. So yeah, we're going to average each other out, but we're all, we're all on high vibes right now. A hundred percent. And you know, what's exciting Jackie is that that XRP price chart is moving this morning and that's what gets people excited. So let's start this thing off the same way we always do by showing you our good morning crypto Twitter account. 
That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. And we've been updating this with quant news on the daily. So if you're a quant fan, go check out our Twitter. The Bitcoin fear and greed index is still an extreme fear this morning, Johnny Crypto, sitting at a 21. So let's dive into why that is the case as the total coin market cap is sitting at $934 billion this morning. We've got Bitcoin at 39% dominance. Ethereum is about 17%. Bitcoin is sitting at $19,100 this morning. Ethereum is $1,300. XRP has taken a dip after pumping to 56 cents last week. We're sitting at 46 cents this morning. Cardano is 44 cents. Matic is 75. Stellar is 11 cents. We've got Algorand at 36. VeChain, and we have a big announcement for VeChain as they're going to be partnering with one of the largest pharmaceutical companies on the planet, bringing blockchain to the pharmaceutical industry. And we've also got Quant sitting at $117 this morning. Gonzo, you said you did a lot of chart analysis this weekend. I'm interested to hear about where you think the market's going. People are bearish and everyone's calling for that $12,000, $14,000 Bitcoin price target. What are you anticipating? Yeah, well, you know, Bitcoin needs to make up its mind. It's kind of just like hovering here at this 18, 19,000 level. I, I think it was just this morning, it was at, at 19,100. We need to get above 19,500, right? In order to get any more upward movement. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, usually October is a good month for crypto. September has been a total like shit show. But just remember, we have um, that partial solar eclipse on October 25th. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get some um, bullish price action, nothing too crazy leading up to that. Um, and, and then we're going to get that uh, major correction and then rolling into November. Uh, but yeah, you got to take it in levels. Um, I know a lot of people are talking about, they think the bottom is in because we found kind of like that stable price. I think it's at 18.2, 18.5, something like that. But we keep slamming up it into it. And then we hold support, even though there isn't a lot of trading volume in that area. And so people are calling the bottom, but um, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I, I know BitBoy talked about it on Sunday where he was talking about um, in the previous uh, bear market where, um, you know, Bitcoin went up to 20,000. It came down to six and they were saying the same thing at five and 6,000 where it kept hitting there and that, that was, they thought that was the bottom. And then they had that major correction that brought Bitcoin down to 3,000. And so um, he's been in the space way longer than us. So uh, I'm leaning towards that, that, you know, um, and for all the other reasons, right? The eclipses, the Fed, the four-year cycle, whatever you believe in, um, you know, I'm leaning that we still have a lower low to go. Thank you, Gonzo. And we're showing our listeners right now a price chart of XRP showing that we've just broken out of this year and a half trend line. It appears this price chart is finally looking bullish. And Johnny Crypto, it's like we always say, show me the chart and I'll tell you the news. No surprise here. There's tons of positive news about XRP. What does it mean to you that we've finally broken out of that resistance at that 50 cent range? <laughs> it obviously means somebody wants in, right? We, we, were, we were accumulating there for almost five months. I think that is that long week period, you know, almost forming like a cup and handle, I think is what you're going to see here, but I'm not really a strong technical person, but I've heard these terms. So, you know, I think what we're going to see now is I think, I think we'll hold, hopefully set that new form, that next um, plateau, maybe in this 50 cent range, if you see here, and although historically 78 cents has been the one that we have to get above to skyrocket, but just going back to what you guys are talking about Bitcoin, if you look at Bitcoin, there's really two levels left. There's 17.5 and there's 12.5. There's nothing in between. <laughs> so if we lose 17.5, we're going down to 12.5. Just look at the chart. There's literally two strong levels. So if it, this one gives, yeah, if you look, if you if you were to put a put a chart there, put the put the, the crossbar there, you'll see that. Uh, I was just looking at it yesterday, and it's literally those two. 
That's all we have left. Now, it's interesting because when we talked to Yusko, he actually thought 17.5 is the bottom and thinks we'll continue to retest it. Uh, I think Gonzo brought up a very good point, though. If you look at what happened back a long time ago, everybody thought six was the bottom and it went to three. So it, it's one of those two. That's the only thing I feel confident saying. We're at 17.5 or 12.5. It's going to be one of those two. Time is going to tell. Johnny Crypto, I got to shout you out here. One of our listeners said, I did the research and bought Quant because of this show and specifically our man, Johnny Crypto. What I want to note there is that he did his own research, Johnny K. So give him a shout out there. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Kudos kudos to you for, for watching the show, hearing an idea, but not going and investing, but then doing your homework to make sure if it's the right investment. What's his name? What's my man's name over there? I lost it in the comments. The world of Energy Bremi. Yeah, good man. Good, good, good job. That's exactly what you should be doing. Everybody should follow that person. Do what they did. Come watch the show. Get ideas. Then do a little bit more homework. Then come back and tell us you bought because of the show, because, but because you did your homework. That's perfect. That makes me feel great. It really, really does. Because that means we're helping and impacting lives. And hopefully a few years from now, when that thing is sitting at 10,000, you're going to invite us for a martini or a ride on your boat. That would be appreciative. Awesome. Thank you, Johnny Crypto. And we got 215 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to hear from Jackie. Oh, Abs, I apologize. She's a female. Good job. She. Good job. <laughs> That's Good job funny. Don't invite him until he invites you first, though. We'll Jackie, we got that. another great comment from one of our listeners who said, for five years, VeChain has been making historic partnerships, and this thing never moves. We got another historic partnership here as VeChain is bringing – blockchain to the pharmaceutical industry. So what does it mean to you? And is there any projects that you're watching this morning? I don't know no, who you're just um, to. Oh, Jackie, just a real thing. I want to say one thing. Whoever said that, patience, 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 patience. Sorry, Jackie. <laughs> no, you're fine. Actually, that's I thought he was that's asking me. Yeah, 100% true. Um, all the partnerships that VeChain has. I mean, man, VeChain was probably my biggest bag when I first got into crypto. And it, it was a blessing because I think it had gone up. A little bit, but yeah, that was something that we've been waiting on um, for quite a while. We've been huge into VeChain um, in the academy for, you know, since the beginning. Um, so I would I would agree with Johnny. Patience on that one. They're they're making the partnerships behind the scenes. They're continuing to develop. They're number one in supply chain. Um, so yeah, just patience with that one. Supply chain is going to hit when that narrative hits. Johnny, just, we always talk about how VeChain is going to change the supply chain, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. They're going to be able to track anything from identities to medical records to the supply chain. This is a pretty big move here, but I want to remind our listeners, this news actually came out a month ago, and for some reason it's circulating on Twitter today. So Johnny K, I'd like to get some quick thoughts before we dive into our XRP news. Here's what I would tell everybody about this. We're so damn early it feels late. You know, like the comment was, what was the comment? I've been in it five years and it hasn't moved. No, guys. It hasn't moved because nothing's happening yet. They're making relationships. They're building it. They got a couple of little parts, but nobody's using the technology. The whole world, it's not running on everything yet. Give it time, guys. We're so damn early. I understand why you said that or she said that, that, you know, that it's not moving. It's five years. That's okay. The, the, the seeds are being planted. The plants got to grow. Then the fruits got to come to beer. It's all going to happen. Just, just be patient. Be calm. 1997, Amazon was $17. In 20, what are we in? 2022 is 3,000. It didn't go from 17 to 3,000 overnight. It took 20 damn years, okay? So don't worry what VeChain is today. Come talk to me 20 years from now. That's all I would encourage. And I'm not saying you have to wait that long, but the point I'm trying to get here is give this stuff time. The world is just starting to wrap their head 
The globe is just starting to figure out what blockchain technology is and how to use it. We're in the very beginning. It's no, nothing's going to skyrocket right now. Give it time. Yeah, you know, VeChain, it, it's not sexy right now, right? That's no. not that's not sexy. It's not pumping. They're not talking about it. It's going to the moon and all that. But these are the times that you want to invest. When it's boring, when it's bloody, when no one is talking about it, when you get that, when we're at like these bottoms, these are the times that you really want to invest, dollar cost average, accumulate. And then like Johnny says, eventually um, it'll pay off in the future. But these are the times like you don't want to be investing. Like I got some messages when um, when XRP was getting up there and the RSI was was getting way up there when we were getting up to 60 cents about hey, should I buy in now? And I was like, uh, no, like wait for it to come back down. And and it just, another, it just showed me again, here we are, like it's, you know, it's been, it was at 30 something cents for weeks and weeks and weeks. And all of a sudden it goes to 60 and people want to buy in. And I'm like, no, wait, it's going to roll back over. Gone. But that so just even goes to show where the psychology like, is, right? You think yeah. about the tribalism in this market and people in their community actually get upset when they hear that you took profits. Like I was telling some of my friends, I had limit orders set at 55 cents and they executed and they were like, why would you ever sell your XRP? Well, I just re-entered at 46 cents. So that's a great example as to why you would do that. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, that, and that's smart, right? Like we're not, you know, we're not sitting, everyone has to have their own investment thesis, right? And then, you know, you have your long-term bags that you just hold for a long time. And then you have other bags where you're going to pull profits, right? Um, and if you were getting in, if you were lucky enough to get in when it was down at 30 cents, 32 cents, why not pull profits and then roll that back in? We're not saying pull profits and use that money. We're saying pro pull profits and then roll that back in when it rolls over and it comes back down. Johnny Crypto, yeah. I got a quick question for you in regards to Cypherium, because me and you were talking about this last night. This person commented, said, why is nobody talking about Cypherium's partnership with the Fed? And I want to remind our listeners that Cypherium only has a $12 million market cap. So it's peanuts compared to the rest of this market. What do you think about Cypherium? Is there anything you can share with our listeners, Reda? Yeah, abs. Um, so I did want to talk about Cypherium, but I got to get another thought off my head and then we'll come back to that. So talking about just to close this out, what we're talking about here, the V-Chain. <clears throat> Mr. Wright says, I hope in, one, in year one, Johnny's still not going to say we're early. I'm absolutely going to say we're early in year one. I want to ask you guys a question. How many companies in year one are making $10 million, $100 million, or $50 million right out the gate? How many? <laughs> not very many. And things don't – see, this is the problem with the mentality. Everybody thinks, the, oh, the mint just happened, it's going to boom. No, it's not going to work that way. Technology is going to evolve slowly. It's going to get adopted. Some things are going to boom. Some things are going to crash. Then they're going to get settled. Then money's going to be made. And then, the, and then the crypto market is going to turn into the stock market. This is my opinion. You're going to start to see these things getting valued by uh, earnings EPS. They call them earnings per share. I think something like that's going to happen and you're never going to see these big monster 100x gains anymore in the long run when this thing gets settled. So, so Mr. Wright, unfortunately you probably are yeah, the makeup room the the razor broke back there so I'm sorry guys, I couldn't get the shape today. But switching gears to Cypherium, abs. I'm I'm actually super hyped about Cypherium. The reason why I haven't been talking about late is I still have to do a little more research on it before I start bringing it, but I've already I'm already, you know, I already know where to buy it. I'm getting ready to gear up that if I like the research, I am going to buy some. Because it's one of those where now that they're connected to the Fed now, and I need to do more research on it. But it's one of those things because just for that relationship alone, I almost want to have some in my bags just in case. 
and it's sitting at a very low number still, very low market cap. It has a, a max total supply, which, you know, for me, that's a very important thing when I'm doing my research. But I do need to do some more. But I am. I, yeah, I do. We will talk more about Cypherium. There's no doubt that I think we need to make sure you have some of these in your bags. But I personally haven't done enough research yet to come out and say exactly what, because there's a shit ton of other stuff going on. But if anybody else has done it, I'd love to hear Gonzo or anybody else's comments. No, I, I was just going to say, Johnny's going to say two to $500, right? Make sure you have your <laughs> no, I was going to say that with Andrew. Dang it. We were on the same wavelength, Gonzo. Yeah. I was going to say Andrew that. would be here today, too. He'd say, guys, just put two to $500, and you see what happens. <laughs> great, honestly, great impression. <laughs> God just says I'm terrible at it. I don't think I so. want to remind our listeners I'm showing them a list of the partnerships with Cypherium right now. This token only has 12 million in US dollar market cap, but they have some of the largest names on the planet willing to work with them already. Amazon, Microsoft, IBM, Chainlink, and the U.S. Faster Payments Council, which is the FedNow connection that everyone is referring to. So this project has got massive connections here and obviously massive potential. But Jackie, I know you had some closing comments. I'm going to give you the floor. Yeah, I was just going to say, sitting at that market cap, I mean, with a low market cap, if you get into these coins early, man, you can really make some money. Um, so if if you like the partnerships, if you do a little bit of research, if you're not willing to put a huge um, – oh, sorry. I was leaving <laughs> if you're no, not sorry. willing to put a huge amount of money on it, you know, getting in early is the way to go. Do your research, guys. Yeah, and, but just, and just remember, because of the small market cap, just how it can shoot up, it can also yep. shoot down quickly. And so that's why we say do your own research. You have to stay on top of it and pull profits, right? Always pull profits on newer projects that are very speculative because sometimes they go on a run and you want you don't want to just kind of write it up and down. You want to make sure you pull your profits. And then you could always get back in the bottom if you really believe in the project or you think it's going to be around. And, you know, just to build on that, is this, you know, Brimmy, she's killing it today. She's absolutely right. Taking profits is a tough thing to do. I'll never forget when we first built the exit strategy here at the academy and i put my targets in there and i remember coach told me a story that i think it was uh cardano had hit and he was like Should I he wasn't gonna follow his plan and then he said no you know what i made the plan i'm gonna follow it i remember when i hit my first target i went in i got it all set and i had the button and i couldn't i couldn't hit the sell button it was too damn hard to hit. i was like i can't do it i'm afraid but i said you know what i remember what coach said and I said, you know what? I made the plan for real. I'm going to stick to it. I hit the damn sell button. And it was like this joyous moment. I was like, you know, I made some profit. And I was a little nervous, but like, I stuck to the plan. I did. I remember texting all you guys, hey, I sold it. Like, that was this big thing, right? You guys were all like, what the hell is this idiot talking about? But anyway, it is very hard, Bremmy. It's so hard to hit it. Stick to your exit plan. Because you know why? A year later, Cardano dropped over $2. And I, so I was able to buy Cardano back at much, much cheaper. So the important thing is here. Stick to it. Make get Merlin. Stick to an exit. Make an exit plan and stick to it. You're not going to be disappointed because these things are going to go up and down over time. You're going to be able to capitalize. Thank you so much. You know what? You, you know what also makes friend. it easier. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, just one quick thing. Uh, Abs. Great conversation. If, if you take uh, like a small amount, like uh, not like a long term bag or anything like that, but pick a crypto maybe that's having a, a red day, or if you look at the chart, it looks like it's a bottom of a trading range. And maybe put a little bit of money in it, a hundred bucks or something. And then when it goes up to like 120 or whatever, sell it. Right. And then when it goes back in, so just take a little bit of money and then maybe just play with it by buying and selling. Right. It shouldn't be that crazy as far as tax purposes, because it's not a large amount of money. Um, and then it just gets you used to selling. Right. It gets you in that mindset. And so then now when it comes to those bigger exit prices, you're already kind of mentally prepared to sell. And you know, that, the that's a little trick. 
The other thing, too, that I think people misunderstand when we talk about exit plans, I think, and I'm not sure, guys, so I'll just clarify this. When we say have an exit plan, we don't mean sell 100%. But by all means, you won't know after my Amazon store. You never, ever, ever sell 100%. You only want to be selling a small percentage at certain steps up, and then you hold a certain amount of bags with you. And that's what Merlin's going to do. It's going to be able to help you build an exit plan. But when we're talking exit plan, I think everybody thinks we're selling everything. No. We're not. We might sell 10% or 20% to capitalize on those big euphoric pumps because most of the time you all saw, you've all been in this market long enough to know they go up and they don't stay there. They all come back down. So all we're figuring out is how do you take a small portion of your bags and capitalize on that pump so that then you can maybe redeploy those funds somewhere else, build your bags bigger. So I hope that helps clarify what we mean. We're never, ever saying, thank you. Get out of here. Awesome. Thank you, guys. And we got 260 live listeners. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to get into that XRP news. And of course, Roto is going to mention his exit strategy. So if you guys enjoyed that, smash the like button because we've got some breaking news. Central Bank CBDC project announcement in Australia is being led by a former Ripple executive, another major tie to XRP in the CBDC market. So the program director of this CBDC pilot project is a former executive for Ripple Labs, Dilip Rao. He worked at Ripple from 2014 to 2019, ultimately leaving the company on mutual terms. We could assume that he will still be championing the XRPL as the lead role for the Australian CBDC pilot. And this is what I got really excited about while reading this article. This is a quote from 2018 when he was speaking at the Blockchain Venture Summit that shows his true game plan and belief for the XRPL. He stated, first, we're going to get the banks connected to RippleNet so they can settle using fiat. Then we're going to source liquidity using XRP. Then we'll get them to hold XRP directly. And this will create the holy grail for XRP investors. We've got so much positive news involved in this project. And it's no surprise that the price is moving because we're actually going to bring some breaking news on the lawsuit as well. But I want to start with Gonzo. When you look at this quote, this man is leading the central bank digital currency project in Australia. And he's talking about XRP being the holy grail. It's like a meme. It's like a sketch. What does it mean to you? Yeah, well, you know, so we're making that connection, right? And so uh, we always talk about relationships and and networking. And so um, how can you not feel bullish about it, right? Again, we're making the connection there. It's not that they're saying it, but, you know, he spent five years at Ripple as a Ripple exec at one of these conferences where he made that 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 statement. Um, it, you can kind of make that connection that now that he's running the CBDC project for Australia, he's going to revert back to that knowledge that he got from um from working at ripple and, and make that connection because you know just like any other company that you work for even when you leave you still have these friends that you make right or acquaintances or you have those relationships so what we're banking on is that you know he's going to have ripple uh or xrp in the forefront of his mind when he's um implementing this new um test like cbdc thing so it, it makes me super bullish but again right we're making that connection Jackie, he's right that we're making that connection. But this quote here, it's really, really interesting. He's talking about the quote, holy grail and XRP filling that need. What does it mean to you that this former Ripple Labs executive is leading the central bank digital currency project in Australia? Yeah, this gets me super excited. I think all of the connections with the people, you know, who have previously worked at Ripple or people who previously worked on different federal levels, you know, kind of being put into place. It kind of just I, I we should make a map, guys. And I know there's probably one out there already, but we really need to make a map so we can keep track of like how many different connections Um this is all, you know, coming across and not even just in the U.S., but, even, you know, across the world. So 
that just gets me really excited. I did want to address a couple comments in the chat, just super, super quick. Um, a lot of people were asking about where to get Cypherium. Um, you can get that on Liquid or you can get it on Mexi Exchange. Um, someone asked how trust how trusted Mexi is. It's in top 12 of exchanges. So I I consider it kind of a, a, a decent exchange. Um, and lastly, you know, we always get the question, where can we buy XRP? I want to ask you guys, where can we get it? Upholding Kraken. There you go. Actually, yeah. I'll buy that. <laughs> yeah. Or <laughs> Definitely you could also go, uh, if you want to use a decentralized exchange, you can go on XRP.com. If you have a Zoom wallet uh, and you can buy it from the decks, and you can actually use your debit card or credit card to buy it. So you've got a lot of options now. Decentralized exchange, you got Uphold, KuCoin, BitTrue. Awesome. And Johnny Crypto, I'd love to get some of your thoughts on this article because he was a former Ripple executive. But when I looked into this, they actually left on mutual terms. So it wasn't something where he felt the need to leave the company and, and he's not a supporter of XRP. No, he just found a better opportunity working for a central bank. And now he's actually in a position to create real use cases for XRP. Love to speak to the connection there. What does it mean to you, Johnny? First of all, everybody in this in the, in the audience there should give kudos to Abs on that. That's a great find because we were talking about that last night, trying to figure out did he leave on good terms or bad terms because that matters, right? This guy is now in a super high position power, and he left on good terms with a company that does what he needs, what a solution that he's looking for. But what I love about Ripple, I got to tell you, Ripple reminds me of this. <clears throat> they remind me of a virus. But in this case, I'm, I'm going to say a good virus because they're just spreading their tentacles everywhere. Like everybody that worked for Ripple is spread out all over the freaking world. Like the C word, right? There you go. We got we got Rosie Reels. We got the uh, Michael, uh, the bar guy. We got this guy. <laughs> I really, Jackie's right. I actually tried Google it, but I couldn't find it. I want to find a map. If someone can figure out where all the Ripple people are that work there, where they're working today. If somebody, if one of you warriors, I'm sure there's a word manic out there that doesn't love to do that kind of research. If you got time. Go, go, go build us a map of everybody that worked at Ripple and where they are today and share that with us because we'll share it with the group here. But I bet you that would be a fascinating map to see how they've just spread their tentacles. They're like an octopus, a viral octopus, just spreading everywhere. And that's actually a very, very, very good thing if all those people left on good terms. Because basically what that means is you literally are – this stupid thing, backdrop. It means you're literally planting seeds. And those, those, those trees are going to grow. That fruit's going to bear. And let me tell you, I think this news is huge that you have a central bank that really most likely will probably try Ripple or XRP as its technology. I mean, that's going to be huge. That's one country. Check that box off if that happens. That's what we've been wanting to hear and see, me anyway, want to see. And I'm sure anybody who's an XRP, you want to see central banks saying, yep, sign me up for RippleNet. That's it. We should make a checklist. We got to build a checklist to see how many central banks are actually using RippleNet. That's going to be huge. That's a great scorecard. We need to do that. Yeah, spot on, Roto. And back before the lawsuit, there was up to 380 central banks all around the world signed up to use RippleNet. Obviously, they weren't currently using that technology, but the fact that when the SEC lawsuit came out, that information went silent. It's no surprise there. We've got 266 lab listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to show you another connection between XRP and the United States Central Bank Digital Currency. So we're going to let this short video play and get comments from the group. Here we go. We hopped in. Take a listen to this, folks. A foreign CBDC or a private digital asset would require interoperability with other payment systems or wide use for payments in other jurisdictions. 
it would also require deep liquidity to act as a medium for cost currency settlement. Ladies and gentlemen, go ahead and smash that like button. Boom. Love it right there. Gonzo, I'm just going to kick it straight to you. Basically describing XRP. If you go to Ripple's website and you listen to them describe what XRP's utility is, it's those two sentences right there. So we always talk about connecting dots. Why don't you connect some dots here? Yeah, and, and I just want to point something out too. We're not saying that um, CBDCs are a good thing. Like we understand what that means and the kind of control that they're trying to get over people. What we're saying is that they're inevitable, so you might as well invest in the rails, right? And so if they're going to use XRP and RippleNet for CBDCs, then that's what we want to be invested in, right? And so when we talk about it and we get excited and we say we're talking about it in a positive way, it's because we're invested in XRP. It's not because we believe in CBDCs, right? I just wanted to clarify that. But yeah, it's just more like like Johnny was saying, you know, it's like when Johnny was talking, it's like they want to take over the world, right? Like they have so many different people that get involved in federal governments, running CBDCs, they're on the Fed, all kinds of different things. Like they're, they're trying to take over the world. But yeah, it just makes me more bullish on, on the ecosystem. And this is exactly what we've been waiting for, right? We're early, so we need all of this stuff to play out. Exactly, Gonzo. And it's so funny that you had mentioned, why would we be advocates of central bank digital currencies? That doesn't benefit us in any way. And honestly, when you cut, when you talk about how this isn't, it's not going to be a choice, right? We're just bringing people, we're telling them what's happening. It's not like we're advocates of this technology. It's just that we know this is what's taking place. Johnny and Jackie, I'd love to start with Jackie here. Jackie, before we talked about how XRP could be used for an Australian central bank liquidity source, now we have the same connections for United States central bank digital currency stating that they need an interoperability solution. And that's exactly what XRP provides. Do you think they're indirectly hinting at XRP in this article? Yeah, I think they could be. They're not going to tell us, though, um, obviously, with everything that's going on. Um yeah, it's good. It's it's just comforting to kind of see, like Johnny said, kind of XRP spreading their tentacles across the way. Uh, we see it a lot. I mean, in Asian countries, we we hear a lot of big news um, with the Philippines, uh, and then you know seeing Australia come out and kind of yeah show the same thing. A big connection to Ripple, um, but just like we've been saying on this channel, I mean, we're gonna see that price appreciation uh, before, you know, before anything settles with this case. And so it's just, it's kind of exciting and it, it feels good to be in on the now. Johnny, I love this comment from our listeners in Gonzo. It fits your point perfectly. Kenton said, do you want to make money or not make money during the takeover? The takeover is happening either way. It's probably better to have money afterwards. And that is a hundred percent true, Roto. I'd love to give you the floor. Yeah. I you know, at the end of the day, as, as we've always been saying, I think it's important that you have to, um, you, you, you have to, you might, it's coming. We can't stop it. There's not a damn thing we can do about it. We're not trying. The reality is you just want to put yourself, and Gonzo said it best, we want to put ourselves and our family in a position to capitalize on the systems and technologies that are coming. So that that's all you can do. You don't, you never try to fight the system. It's pointless. You don't fight it. Right, it is because you're not gonna win. You, you're better off. I don't want to say you know, like you know, the old saying you you know you know join them. You can't beat them, join them, kind of a thing. It's almost like that. Just take advantage of the system. Put yourself in a position. You know, be smart. Put yourself and your family in a position to get to, to create generational wealth off to the things that are coming. That's all we can do, and that's what we're trying to do here, folks. We're trying to help you. We're trying to help ourselves. We're trying to help our families. Trying to help our friends to be able to do that. And um, 
and that's that's absolutely I think where we're headed with this. Johnny, and I think this is a beautiful time to show our listeners the Merlin exit strategy. But before you do that, we got 292 live listeners joining us on this Monday. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to show you how Brad Garlinghouse revealed that he's holding Bitcoin, Ethereum, and a couple of other cryptos. But before we do that, Johnny, play that thing. All right, let's find out how we can... Uh... What's the smartest way to track our crypto? Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, you're not alone. And it's probably because you don't have an exit plan. The good news is that it doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. First, it brings all your coins into one place from many exchanges and wallets so you can simply see all of your assets across one screen. Next, you can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin's smart algorithm lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. So go to at Get Merlin Crypto on Twitter. That's at Get Merlin Crypto and sign up for our 30-day free trial to get whitelisted so you can receive an email when the product is launched this fall. Don't wait and miss out on this new and innovative app. Sign up today and get on our Merlin whitelist. It is the, is smartest, the smartest way to track, way your, to crypto. track your crypto. There we go, folks. So the link is below. You don't have to go crazy to try to find it. Link below. Click on that. You can go sign up for a free 30-day no, uh, trial notice when we launch it. Be the first to get it out. Get early access to it. Let us know what you think. Uh, and some at some point, you'll be able to get access to Coach JV. There he is, CJV. You'll be able to get access to his actual exit plan. So if you're struggling with making an exit plan, you can see what he's doing uh, or create your own. But more importantly, it helps to bring all your coins in one place so you're not trying to guess what your plan is so, or portfolio is. So, yeah, we're super excited about it, Absolutely. Thank you, Roto. And honestly, I'm excited for Merlin because I'm going to be using it to execute on my exit strategy. And not only that, I'm going to use it to peek at what Coach JV is going to be doing during the bear market as well, or bull market as well. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Let's get into some of the most important news for today. As Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse is not only taking the time to criticize the SEC, but he's also stating that he holds several other cryptocurrencies. So let's get right into this thing. We're going to talk about how Brad Garlinghouse is setting the record straight. So he said, I'm going to set the record straight. I personally own Bitcoin and I personally own Ethereum. I also own XRP and I am long on all three of those digital assets and some others as well. By comparison, my attitude is that Bill Hinman, the director of corporate finance at the SEC, got in front of the world and gave a speech saying, we think Ethereum is a security. They transitioned to a non-security because of a decentralized framework. This is very interesting. I looked at that email, Brad Garlinghouse said, and sent an email directly to everyone at Ripple saying, hey, this is good news. XRP is decentralized and an open source digital asset. That means it meets the same requirements as Ethereum, making this thing not a security. Johnny Crypto, I'd love to go right back to you before we kick it to Gonzo and Jackie. Brad Garlinghouse is stating he owns Bitcoin and Ethereum. That's very interesting. But the part of this article that caught my attention is that he's stating XRP is decentralized and open source, just like Ethereum. It's not a security. What's it mean to you, Roto? Yeah, I mean, this is amazing. I, I actually love Brad Garlinghouse. He's becoming one of my favorite guys because he's he's just so smooth the way he talks. He's honest. He tells it like it is. He's very blunt. Hmm, I wonder who else is that. Right? I just love this guy. And I love the fact that like, yeah, you know, he's smart. We all we all have a little Bitcoin. I have some Bitcoin. I have some Ethereum, right? You should own multiple. Just because he's invested or owns XR Ripple doesn't mean you shouldn't be investing properly in other technologies or currencies that are going to make sense. So smart man there. 
But I love how he literally says, you know, he they were paying attention at. He heard Bill Hemmings say, we think Ethereum, you know, security interest is just a non-secure because of decentralized network. And he knew that the way they had structured XRP or, or XRP was so that it would be in a decentralized way. Now, some people argue it's not that decentralized, but it's definitely, you know, it's not it's not like something that's fully centralized. So I, I get it. I know where he's coming from. And I, I appreciate the fact that he that he feels you know, he's keeping in track with these guys. He went in with the SEC and tried to work with these guys, you know, tried to talk to them. Unfortunately, they slapped them with a lawsuit. But for me, kudos to Brad. He's out there. He believes in this thing. And he hasn't quit not one bit. This guy's been out there humping and pumping, even though the SEC's after him, spreading out Ripple, getting its tentacles spread out around the rest of the world. Brad Garlinghouse, I love you, man. Keep going. Anzo, I'm going to kick it to you there because he said something really interesting. He holds and Ethereum. We can obviously talk about how XRP does not qualify as a security within this article, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Why do you think Brad Garlinghouse is even holding other cryptocurrencies? Um, I think because he's just long cryptocurrency, but I mean, I, I think he does a great job of pointing out the hypocrisy with the SEC, right? In 2017, Bill Hinman comes out, he does a speech, now the infamous speech, where he basically says that Ethereum came out, it was a security, but because it went decentralized, it became a non-security, which leads us to current times where we have Gensler now saying, because Ethereum went to proof of stake, it now could be considered a security, which is crazy because it wasn't a security when it was a proof of work. It just changed its consensus mechanism. That's it, right? By going to proof of stake. So it's kind of ridiculous. It's kind of, it's that hypocrisy, right? Um, And I understand that now that it's proof of stake, you know, there's that whole, all that stuff that's coming out now that there are only a few uh, validators, right? You've got Coinbase, you got Kraken, you got Lido Finance. It has a big portion of it, but Lido Finance is decentralized entity, right? So, and we're still at the beginning stages of uh, Ethereum moving to proof of stake. So we're going to get more validators, right? They're going to get more people that are going to come together with 32 Ethereum, become a validator, and that's going to get bigger and bigger and more and more decentralized. But um, he does a great job of pointing out the SEC's hypocrisy. And it's just it's just stupid, right? Like all of a sudden now, you know, Ethereum is not a security, but now all of a sudden it's a security because it changed to proof of stake. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And I want to get some thoughts from Jackie. But before we do that, let me read this quick quote. Brad Garlinghouse said, why would the SEC be picking winners and losers? It's just not the role of the government, not capitalistic or a democratic government would be doing something like that. The cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs narrative is that because it went from proof of stake, now all of a sudden it's back to being a security. So it's exactly what you said, Gonzo. The flip-flopping here is ridiculous. Jackie, why don't you close this out? This reminds me a lot of a of the presentation that was given by um, a woman at the the summit event at Apex. Um, she talked a lot about how uh, regulation and you know law um, can can hinder technology, how it can help as well, but also how it can hinder. And I thought you know it was a very good perspective. Um, and you know this is a prime example. The it the SEC could you know, really push everything forward for the greater good. And I know that's like kind of a dream that is, you know, sadly killed a lot of the time, but, but um, yeah, it's sad to see how, um, you know, big, big technology booms and things like that could be a lot more successful and how, how we can kind of work hand in hand, but you know, the type of, the type of crap that goes on is flip-flopping back and forth. And this is, this is a prime example of how, you know, law and, 
and regulation hinders technology instead of helps to move it forward. You're spot on, Jack. I, you know, I think he's just trying to manipulate the price. Like to me, on the surface, it seems like they're just like and and uh, Yusko talked about this about how the SEC's job is just basically to funnel money back up to the rich. But they're just manipulating the price of Ethereum, right? By trying to scare people, saying that it's now a security, and they're trying to fund people out of their ETH so they could buy lower because they know where it's going to go in the future. Johnny, the fact that Brad Garlinghouse says he owns Ethereum, my brain went to a little bit of a different place because what I think is he understands Ethereum has a free pass. He understands that the banks are incentivized to allow Ethereum to succeed. So I'd love to give you a chance to just close us out here. Do as the big boys do. And Brad is a big boy. Brad's a billionaire. He's got a ton of money. And Brad's investing in Ethereum and Bitcoin. And that's good enough for me. Uh, to be honest, just that alone would have been good enough. But yeah, I mean, these guys are not stupid. They're smart. They know what's going on. Brad's in the game. He knows the game. Brad ain't going to get played in the long run. And, you know, I certainly agree with him. That it's, for me, it's one of those things where Ethereum has just, you know, it's built itself. It's it's dug in. It's hardcore. In smart contract world, it's really dug in deep, right? And it's going to take a lot to supplant them. So for me, it's one of those where it makes sense to have some eggs in that basket. Bitcoin's a whole nother story, right? That's a completely different thing where we're not talking utility. We're talking store of that. Well, utility for, for certain countries, right? Third world countries. In our country and more first developed countries, you're talking a, a store of value. So he's placing bets on all these things because that's what you do. When you have money, you invest in certain areas. You place little bets everywhere. You never put all your eggs in one basket. So I, I personally think that's what this is. It's diversification. And we encourage that here and anywhere you go. Diversification is key. Thank you, Roto. And we're actually showing our listeners some breaking news from September 22nd, 2022. We got an official announcement from Morningstar Japan, a subsidiary of SBI Holdings. And I want to remind our listeners that SBI Holdings has been promoting and an advocate of XRP throughout this entire process. They're going to be distributing 2,500 XRP to each intermediate shareholder. Now, this is a little bit complicated because we had to use Google Translate, but another major adoption article going on here for XRP. I'd love to start off with Gonzo. Gonzo, 2,500 XRP, it's no small number. Do you think this could have any impact on the price? And why do you think they're even taking the initiative to distribute this XRP? Yeah, you know, I don't know enough about the article or kind of what the translation said as far as how many people would get, um, you know, XRP and, you know, 2,500 is a good section. But what I can tell you, what we can talk about is the recent price action, right? And where, why we've gotten that. I think what I believe is because of what happened with the um, the update where it went to summary judgment, right? Where I, and I think, because you guys talked about this last week, but I hadn't been on the show since we talked about the summary judgment thing. And basically what everyone got excited about is on the SEC side, they didn't anywhere in their uh, summary judgment filing, they didn't talk at all as, as XRP being a security. What they basically said is that Ripple marketed um, XRP as a security, but they didn't inherently say it was a security. So that was super bullish, right? Just like on the Ripple side, we thought they were going to lean on the um, fair, um, uh, fair, what is it? The um, Fair notice defense? Uh, yeah, fair notice defense. And they didn't. They really just went back to the core definition of what an investment contract is. And what they basically are, are saying is that there is no investment contract because if for whatever reason, like Jeremy Hogan gave the example, if Ripple decided to not use XRP, to turn it off, and let's say go with XLM, we don't have any legal recourse, right? So there is no investment contract between us and Ripple. 
And so I think that's why we've gotten some of the price action that we've gotten. So you can just imagine once this SEC lawsuit is over, just imagine what that's going to look like. Just on that good news of not them calling it a security, the price movement that we got. And we are still in a bear market. Imagine when this starts happening, like when we're, when we're finally going into the bull market, what that's going to look like. Awesome. And Susie Gemini was actually asking, Coach JV, are you going to do an interview with Waters Above today? No, that interview is going to be tomorrow, and I'm definitely going to be tuning in. So anybody who's looking to learn more from Waters Above, tune into that Coach JV interview tomorrow. Johnny Crypto, that's over $1,000 in XRP that they're going to be distributing to people. Do you think this is a big deal? And why do you think they're even taking the initiative to distribute all this XRP? First of all, this is brilliant. See, this is exactly what you do. This is like, think of it as an airdrop, okay? When you want people to use your stuff, what's the first thing you do if they don't know who you are? You give it to them. You give it. Gillette did this. They were brilliant. They gave all their their blades. They gave, uh, when you turned 18, they'd send you one handle and two blades in the mail for free, right? Guess what? I've been using Gillette Razor. Obviously not today because Jackie took up the makeup room all the, the whole time, so I couldn't get in there. But been using a Gillette Razor ever since because they hooked me. They gave it to me for free. I tried it. I liked it. And I've been using it ever since. So, Bic and Schick and all those other ones got screwed because they never sent me anything free and I never used theirs, right? This airdrop, what this does is it gives people a chance. You get it in, and now it gets it out there. So how many people they give it to? Like a thousand people? What did they did the article? That's say? the part that wasn't clear. They, okay. they didn't right. exactly right. say how oh okay. Point is it's giving it out to its people, it's getting it out there. People have it, people say, Oh, what's this extra? Then they'll start you, oh, you can use it to this, and they're just gonna get people hooked on it and get people using it. It's super brilliant, and it's the way you get it's why airdrops exist, and that's all this is. This is just another form of doing an airdrop, but I love that. I mean, I'm an I'm an invested XRP hodler, right? I want to see the use case, I want to see the spread of XRP. I want everybody and their mother having an XRP in their wallet, right? That's what I want to see. And so to me, that's exciting. I also just want to give kudos to our audience. I got to say, you know, the comments like this, I don't know about the rest of the team. I'm sure it makes them feel as great as it does me. This is an awesome comment to Dougal. Thank you for that, for sharing that and running 80s. Thank you for this. You know, it's so great to see that our show is helping you guys kick it off. And our chat room is fantastic because of you guys as well. We got a great chat room. We got a great on-air show going on here. But do us all a favor. We got 247 people. We'd love to break 200 likes. So give that, smash that warrior button. Give it a goddamn warrior elbow drop three times, not twice. Got to hit it three times. And uh, and let's break 200, guys, before the show ends. We got 15 minutes left. Please help us make that happen. Love you guys. Awesome. And we got some ADA news, Johnny Crypto. We know that they call you the Italian Stallion, but you're also the leader of the ADA Army. Sorry, I clicked my mute button. Let's break this thing down because we've got trusted breaking news. A source familiar with the matter whispered that BMW is contemplating using and investing in Cardano. The latest Q4 announcement, they may be making a decision to launch a blockchain as proof of registration in the future. Can you imagine if BMW decides to launch their registrations using Cardano's blockchain, all other automobile industries would start to follow, whether they started to use Cardano, Solana, or Ethereum. This is a major, major step. And it's one of those things where once somebody does it successfully, the competitors quickly follow behind. So Johnny K, let's start off with you and then Jackie. So it's not even, so it doesn't matter what they choose. Of course, I would love for them to choose Cardano. The big news here is the fact that they're talking about choosing blockchain. That's the real news. And that's just what we know it. We've been at 900 plus quant. God bless you. Damn, I wish I had 900 quant. That's freaking awesome. Um, I'd have to sell my house to do that. But anyway, um, you know, I think this this is big news 
that you're just had a boy. Give that thing a warrior elbow drop. Smash that like button. Let's break 200. I got to stop putting comments on the screen. I'm getting Johnny Crypto distracted out here. I love comments. Keep them. I love it. I do this show for the comments. I love you guys. So keep the comments coming. Don't stop. When you stop commenting, I'll stop showing up. So Back anyway. to the news, Johnny K. Back to the news. All right. So on the news here, this is big, big news because we've been saying that we want to see adoption. But now seeing adoption by the automobile market, that's freaking huge. And it, does, it certainly makes my heart warm when I see Cardano being talked about because, you know, as we've been telling you, they were the number one chosen developer on GitHub. And GitHub is the area where you see a lot of developers developing code. Number one choice by developers in 2021. I don't know who was 2022 yet. We'll see at the end of the year. I'm sure there's already scorecards out there. But the reality is this is great news for blockchain in general, great news for the automobile market, and hopefully if they choose Cardano, it will be great news for Cardano as well. Jackie, we had a quick question from TJ Taylor, one of our live listeners. He said, can you remind us where we can find Cypherium? I'm not sure if you mentioned that earlier in the show. Yeah, um, you can buy it on Liquid or Mexi. Um, I saw that comment a couple of times. I don't know if he's like trolling us, but but maybe he is serious. So <laughs> yeah, Mexi, Mexi I, I would trust that one a little bit more um, than the yeah. first one mentioned. Yeah, I was wondering too, Abs, I'm looking at it. And if I buy, not that it matters, you guys do, but I'll probably use Mex Mexi as well. No, no question about it. And I would certainly, yeah, need another razor drop. That's hilarious. <laughs> and I want to remind our listeners, not financial advisors, not financial advice. We're just telling you exactly what we're doing. But Jackie and Gonzo, I'd love to get some quick comments here because ADA, like Johnny said, was the number one network for developers in 2021. Now we got BMW possibly using Cardano's for future registration. What are some of your thoughts, Jackie? And then we'll go to Gonzo. I think this is big. Um, I I get really bullish on blockchains for some reason that have like a car partnership. I don't know why. Um, Tezos is with McLaren. Um, you see FTX kind of partnered with, what was it? Not Mercedes. Is it Mercedes? Yes, it is Mercedes. Um, and then, you know, you kind of see this news BMW with, eight, um, with Cardano. I mean, it's just adoption, things like that. And it's just another partnership. But this just just with what we were talking about with the xrp news of of being distributed to holders um it's yeah it's just more of getting the brand out there more partnerships it eventually adoption comes into play yes and somebody brought somebody mentioned something important which is that bmw china is going with vchain since 2018 is that correct yes that is correct but these are separate use cases so bmw and vchain they're connected for the supply chain technology, but we've got ADA being used for registrations here. So it's it's similar to an NFT, but Gonzo, I'd love to give you the floor. Then we'll close this thing out. We've got some Walmart news and of course, some quant network updates for our listeners. Yeah, you know, it's just super bullish on blockchain technology itself. Like this is what we talk about, like the real use case, like you just mentioned VeChain, right? And what they're doing is, you know, moving the registration system onto the blockchain, right? Just like with, I think with VeChain, what we're talking about in the future is like where your car is going to have an NFT and that NFT will interact with your insurance company. That'll be on the blockchain with registration that's on the blockchain. Right. Um, if you get in an accident, you need a repair um, and it's going to start in the creation of the car. Right. And then shipping, receiving where it goes in the dealership, when it gets sold, then you get the NFT and then it'll interact with different types of, um, of, of, Things that we normally do, but they'll now be on the blockchain, right? Because it's just more efficient um, and it's just better. Uh, it's a better way to do shipping and receiving. It's a better way to keep documentation when it's VIN verification and different things like that. So, yeah, it just makes me bullish on blockchain technology itself. But we knew this is what we talk about. This is where we're going to 
in the future. Yes, thank you, Gonzo. And we're actually, we're showing our listeners an update from Walmart as Walmart is launching a new immersive metaverse experience in the Roblox metaverse. So this is another major move from Walmart getting involved in this specific industry. Jack, I'd like to hear some thoughts. Is this appealing for the everyday investor? Like, what's the move here? Um, yeah, I mean, when it comes to metaverse stuff, seriously, I'm starting to see it pop up um, a lot more like on the on the radio. I think iHeartRadio is doing a metaverse experience. Um, Spartan, uh, no, Spartan just came out with their NFT. Um, to see Walmart jumping into metaverse is obviously big. Everyone can associate with Walmart because it's it's just such a daily used or daily seen and daily, you know, thought of thing. Um, I think I think this is where metaverse is going to eventually become adopted, obviously, through like through just everyday um, places that people go to when they see Walmart or any other big brand names. Like, I mean, grocery shopping is going to be a metaverse experience. Eventually, you're just going to, you know, go on, put your VR headsets on, go walking down the um, grocery aisle and be picking out what you, what you want. And then, you know, eventually it's going to be delivered to your doorstep. So this, we've already seen some videos on that. So I think this is, yeah, this is all part of that adoption curve. This is just so <laughs> funny. Ah, Walmart land. No comment. One of our listeners, this is very funny. And it's very cool to see that people are getting involved in the metaverse. But as of right now, I really don't see the utility it adds. Like Jackie, you brought up I'll put on my headset and go shopping in the store. I'd rather just drive to the store instead of putting on my headset and, and walking through a virtual Walmart. But maybe I'm in the minority there. We've got 222 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to show you a really cool connection between Quant Network and what Ripple Labs was trying to do between banks. This is Quant Network CEO Gilbert Verdinand who also worked at the Federal Reserve. So this man has very high connections and he knows what he's talking about. We're going to let the short clip play and then we'll get some comments from the group. Here we go. With CI is, is, is unique. And this is really what Ripple have been trying to do, trying to talk to each bank, you know, sign them on one by one. IBM with Stellar, uh, I've heard that hasn't gone too well lately as well, so we're looking into it. But they're trying to sign on banks one by one, and that's going to take a long time to do it. We've gone and connected to a network where Overledger is going to sit, and it's connected to 570 banks today. So automatically, all of these... Boom, we got to pause it there and get some comments from the group. Johnny K, we always talk about Quant, but talking about 570 banks are ready to go using this network. This is foundational. This is historic. What does it mean to you, Johnny? Uh, mute button, Rudo. Yeah, I, you know, this is huge for Quant. And I, I unfortunately, like, part of me wishes, why the hell did Ripple do this too? I would love to see them partner with Quant and do it together. Uh, but, you know, we know that Quant is going to have a big role to play here and they're doing it right to be able to instantly have 570 banks connected. That's huge. Tremendous. And now, to be honest with you, with that in place, you Ripple almost has to partner with them to be able to get access to that as well. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens here. And what I love about this clip in particular is that he's using Ripple XRP as an example of something that's going to connect central banks. So I think that's really important to note. But I'm going to let the remainder of this short clip play, and then we'll go back to the group for some comments. Here we go. Institutions, financial services, um, banking, all the ones that are in the network, they will have access to Overledger and the applications that are on Overledger throughout that whole network. So, so this, is, this is huge because what it allows all of these clients to do is have interoperability at scale in, in one go. Um, and so what that means for each back. Boom. Johnny, do you have any comments before we kick it to Gonzo and Jackie? Just so that they're not confused people. So I, you know, Quant isn't, don't think of Quant as somebody that's going to be able to provide, um, 
the liquidity exchange, right, is what XRP was designed to do. Quant's more there to be able to make the connection so everybody's talking. So I know I can imagine people think, oh, my God, oh, my God, is Quant going to replace XRP? They do two different things. So hopefully that just clarifies. Yeah, Sconzo and Jackie, I can show a list of connections for our listeners, but when we talk about how 570 banks are ready to use Quant now, we may not be very far away from mass adoption. And of course, that means positive action in the price chart. So Gonzo, let's start with you and then we'll go to Jackie. Yeah, the way you can look at it is so like Ripple, it moves the money, right? And then Quant, what it does is it connects. Yes. It's like the connection point for the different banks, the different financial kind of blockchains. That's what... Um, that's what Quant's going to do. Just And that's why we're so kind of also bullish on Link because Link takes blockchains and connects them, right? Providing them instant data and they're kind of evolving that. And they were the first and they have all these partnerships. And so that's what we want to see with Quant. We want to see all the different partnerships so it can connect the financial blockchains. Um, and, but yeah, but that's why we're super bullish on it. But yeah, XRP moves the money, Quant connects them. And Gonzo, for anybody who doesn't know, check out this list of partnerships for Quant. We've got Amazon Web Services, Oracle, which is a partner of Microsoft. We have Nexi, which is another partner of Quant, which is being used for central bank digital currencies in Europe. But Jackie, I'd love to get some closing remarks before we dive into our last article. Um, I really like Ken Clutter's comment um, saying Quant is like the internet, blockchains, like personal computers. I think that's a good way to look at it, exactly kind of how Gonzo broke it down. Um, so thank you for that comment. Yes, thank you so much. And I've got a last tweet prepared for our listeners showing just how quickly this market cap could grow. Today, Quant is currently sitting at less than $2 billion in total market cap. But when you check out the utility coming to this network, that could be drops in a bucket. So we've got multi-cloud interoperability is one of the reasons our infrastructure business is booming, growing over to 50% in US dollars and almost 60% in constant dollars. We expect our total cloud business to exceed $20 billion in an annual run rate starting next year. That is a quote from the Oracle CEO and Oracle uses quant to settle transactions. More positive news on this front. Johnny K, any comments here? Uh, no, I mean, I think it's just exciting news, but uh, I'll pass around to the group and get some final thoughts from them. Sure. Let's kick it to Gonzo here. Gonzo, look at this $20 billion. Current market cap is less than two. How long until we see a 10 X? Uh, I, like we keep talking about 2025, right? Like in the bear market, these are the times that these companies are building their foundations and they're building the partnerships so that when we move into that next bull run, um, you know, the sky's the limit. And so not only does it give them the opportunity to build out, right. And these good projects rise to the service, but it gives us as investors, the opportunity to DCA, right. We keep talking about quant a hundred dollars or below is a great time to DCA. That's what we've been doing. Thanks, Gonzo. And I want to remind people, we had this in the title, so we need to get to this article. Grossly otesque, overpriced NFTs are being launched on the Apple Store. They're going to take a 30% cut of all future NFT sales. The typical rate in this market is only 2.5%, so we see Apple being a little bit greedy. This is typical from a centralized industry, but Jackie, any really brief comments on this article? I mean, I'm not shocked that Apple wants 30% cut on NFT sales. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, that's a huge amount. Uh, and it's, it's kind of like, all right, Apple wants 30%, but you know, we think about a lot of, uh, of the reasons that NFTs have come about. Um, and it, off the top of my head, you know, thinking about paying like musicians and artists and things like that. Um, you know, 
to give them a cut of, of something like this, but there's a lot of bigger um, institutions that don't want that to happen. Um, so it's just, it's just very hypocritical uh, to see that title just one off. It's Thank the problem guys. with the app store, right? It's the fee that they charge. So it's not specific to NFTs. It's specific to the app store. So they get a 30% mm -hmm. cut of anything that you sell on the app store. And that's why they had, you know, that's why they're trying to do that. But, you, you know, it's not going to work out. Yeah, awesome, exactly. guys. And we're going to close this thing out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Jackie. Thank you to Gonzo. And thank you to Johnny Crypto. Smash that like button on the way out of here. And we'll see you guys in 23 hours. It's like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. And don't forget.